Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 429. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk some football. 429. I love these numbers. You know, they keep coming up the big block forward numbers. Uh, yeah, the Boss 429, what an amazing engine. Anyhow, um, yeah, we're going to keep going and uh, going and keep going. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk football as best we can, I'll, even though there's Fuck all happening in the league right now. Actually, there's a lot happening in the league because we're going to talk a whole pile about a bunch of different things. And, uh, yeah, train camps postponed. John Bowman's an idiot. Um, new head coaches. Penny Ambrosi does a Q&A. Uh, something about innovations from the XFL. No, we're not going to do that. Come on, shake your head. Rod Peterson's this, uh, this one. Rod Peterson does a top 10 rough riders of all times. Was there 10? I don't think there was dead. Okay, so um, carrying on, and what else are we going to do? Oh, po- possibly shorter season and a ah uh, man, I don't know. We'll see what happens. That, those are things, topics that we're going to touch today in Let's Talk CFL podcast. Uh, we got Mark on line with me here. Oh, I better open up their microphones. Mark, Charles, and Will, and uh, I don't know. Phil's uh, missing. Uh, he, I haven't heard anything from Phil. Actually, he me on the last show and uh, uh, he just can't handle the 2009 Grey Cup. I don't know what it is. Every time I mention something like that, he hangs up on me and it takes him a long time before he phones back. Uh, well, we love you. Come on back time, sometime, you know, when you're feeling up to it. Okay, but, uh, Mark, welcome to the show, bud. So, keeping busy? Oh yeah, I'm busier than hell. What are you talking about? I'm I'm I'm, I'm on the ranch, man, and it's just shit, man. Yeah. The, the the honeydew list is massive. I I've got out the list now. I don't think I can complete three years. See, that's the fun thing about living in a townhouse is my honeydew list is done. So now it's like okay, but should I break so I can fix it? The hardware stores are still open, so I'm thinking, well, maybe if I break some tools, I have to buy some new ones. I don't know. Well, we're buying new tools and, and equipment and all sorts of things, and that's happening, so there's some problems with that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the hardware store, actually, in, in Merritt here, it's kind of funny. It's not open Sundays anymore because they don't have enough to open for seven days because there's a lot of staff that won't come to work right now. People are refusing to. So, um, yeah, they've kind of had to scale back. So Sundays, I'm not allowed to go into town. Um, you know, your stores are closing out here. It's just kind of a thing. You know, we've stocked up. We're fine. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, the pubs are all closed. There's lots of things that are closed. But uh, you're we can keep going. We can keep going. I mean, I, I still have projects. Uh, there's not much I can do right now until actually we get past breakup. Because uh, spring breakup right now is really making things miserable. It's muddy. I'm getting a skid steer stuck all over the place. And, you know, it's it's merit. It's very to my my year and a half that I spent in Saskatchewan. There are three, um, three seasons there, right? In Saskatchewan there is. I don't know. Manitoba is probably pretty close to it. I, at least rural Manitoba. Um, it's fucking hot, fucking cold, and mud. 
Those are yeah. three C's. It's called Red right. River Gumbo. Yeah. Yeah, fucking hot, fucking cold, and mud. This entire city is built on gumbo, so uh, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned spring breakup, though, and it's, oh yeah. I went for a little walk yesterday and went down by the river, and it's up six feet in two days. Oh, yeah, are we going to get a flood along with this COVID stuff? Oh, this could be fun. Yeah. Well, we're we're living break up right now. My son-in-law, we're running a, a truck out in the bush uh, doing bush grinding. Uh, the, they're grinding up the old slash piles from the logging operations that are up on the mountains. And the grinders are up there working, and we're running a walking floor, which is a truck that pushes. Anyhow, uh, long story. We'll make it short. Um, so he's running grindings out of the bush down into the energy plant and, and back and forth. And he gets in four or five trips in a day. Actually, I made five today, which is amazing. Um he has to start at eleven thirty at night and work for Ooh. fourteen hours because uh, if you can't start in the morning because by by noon one o'clock the road's fucked it's hot yep. out and it's you you can't keep the truck on the road well, so the today thing, they got extra got extra load in today so he didn't actually come to about three or four o'clock but uh, yeah yeah it's, they yeah. can just be yeah, out, out, out the road here. at eleven thirty at night. Yeah, we're wondering here if it floods. How do you do sandbagging and have social, like stay six feet away from each other? You can't. Oh, you can't do yeah. that. It's possible. I don't care who you are. <laughs> it's going to be interesting here if that happens. Well, it, it, it's is this is this a surprise to you? No. No, this happened quite regularly, yeah. right? Why do people still live in low areas? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, as an example, we'll pick on Alberta here for a minute. There's a city in Alberta called High River. Okay? The name is a fucking clue that you shouldn't live here. Okay? (laughs) It's not something new. It's, uh, oh my God, the river's going to flood. Duh. So why do people live in low-lying areas? It, it, it makes no sense to me at all. Like sandbagging, I understand doing it once. I don't understand doing it year after year after. Fix fucking problem. We have we have a floodway, but it doesn't fix everything. Well, don't then Hoover is in jeopardy by this. Are on they're on their own now. Okay. They're on their own. You know, I don't care if you wash away in the flood. I really don't. Because you're an idiot for buying a piece of property where you did. If you didn't know that it was a floodplain, then it, it, it's actually you can't get insurance in a floodplain. Why would you do this? I don't know. It, 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 it boggles the mind. Absolutely boggles the mind. Speaking of High River, Alberta, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, and you know maybe maybe people don't get the name. They call it High River. Maybe thought maybe they thought they were above the river. But when we had the floods, what was it, seven, five, six years ago? High River yeah. was one of the hardest hit places. Okay, duh. So and and. The thing I've always liked about Calgary is there's lots of hills in Calgary, and I live on top of a hill. 
And I can see all this stuff happening. Okay. You go so, for high ground. Absolutely. That doesn't take your brain surgeon, and I'm not going to say when I bought the place I knew that because I didn't, but it worked out for me, so I'm good. Well, always buy high ground for two reasons. One, it never does it. Two, it's spendable. Yep. I'm on the I got a mountain behind me, and I have a defendable piece of property. Everybody there's hoard toilet paper. I'm hoarding ammunition. Who do you think in a win? You can put toilet paper me all day long. I just have fled. Hey, just so you know, I scored 25 rolls tonight. I'm a rich man. You you own Calgary now. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I'm going to the grocery store, going to the store, and I'm buying things. People look at me and I'm hoarding things. And I says, there's 10 people that live in my house. We're just trying to make through the weekend. You know, in in uh, in being now, you're not allowed to have a uh, a group gathering of more than six people, right? <laughs> oh fuck, man, <laughs> who's got to move out of the house? Yes, someone's leaving then. Someone's le- <laughs> We all know who the least 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 like family member is because they're not here anymore. Uh, yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, no, tomorrow morning. I, I, did we talk about soaps before and Sobeys, uh all the Loblaw, Loblaw yep. stores where they they're opening opening early, seven o'clock in the morning for um, immune compromised and seniors and stuff like that. Well, my pregnant daughter gets to go to it, and I'm going tomorrow. I get to go tomorrow because she can't lift things. So it, this is I get a whole new experience. Do 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 do. Okay, anyhow, step into the twilight zone. Okay. Shall we talk some football? Who's there? Charles. 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 I've got the yes. energy, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. I live on a hill, so I'm not worried about you anyone do. flooding. Yep. I'm a hill. Yeah, mountain there. I've been there before. Yes, that's true. So I sit up on my balcony and watch people get flooded over. Uh, so I'm good. Bored, but good. Yeah. Not a lot going yeah, on I'd... right now anywhere. <clears throat> So uh, my mic is c- cutting out in and out in and out. Is it? Is that what you're telling bit, yeah. me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a bad. little bit. It's it's a little bit better now than it was right at the very beginning, but you're still a little bit choppy. Oh, that's sorry. My podcast mic. I came in here and there was pieces all over the desk. I guess I have small oh. grandchildren playing with it. That's a good thing. <sighs> so I, I, I did resemble it. I thought I had the coronavirus or something. That's why you're so choppy. But I guess not. What? I don't. Hello. I, what? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a symptom of the coronavirus. No. Okay. Intermittent hearing. No. Okay. Hmm. Good. Yeah. Okay. Just, just cool. Like that with. So uh, let's talk. What, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna talk about? Oh yeah, let's, CFL training camps are postponed. Well, we don't know when there's – we don't have a, a a date in which the training camps are going to start and can't do that because we don't know whether or not um, – when we'll be able to gather in, in groups larger than five or six, whatever the number is right now. So it, uh, it's pretty uh, pretty scary at this point. I'm so 
postpone the training camp. I'm all over that one. There's talk that they would get eight or nine games in the season start on Labor Day. They would have to have a training camp start in the 1st of August. Right? Isn't that about it? Four weeks? Roughly, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's where we're kind of being there. So, training camp starts beginning of August. Oh, it's going to be hot. Oh, it's going to be hot for the guys. <laughs> That's going to be stuck, especially with the Lions going up to Kamloops. Kamloops uh, in no. August? Uh, <laughs> It'll be melting. Four degrees desert. Oh. Okay, so um, yeah, that's what's. Yeah, I don't know when training camp's going to start, but it uh, at this point in time, I, I think kind of hoping for August first, if not sooner. Um, yep. But it, it may not happen this year, and we've talked about no. we've talked about a lot of this. Um, I don't know. Wait, what do you think? When should training camp start? When we have a handle on this d- disease virus? Whatever you want, plague, whatever you well, want to call yeah. it. I mean, and of course, we got to open the borders so the Americans come come to Canada, right? Once again, once again, for all those Americans who don't live in Canada in the off season, well, it, maybe you should start thinking about it. We healthcare hard to get here. Yep. Um, I don't know. I I personally think August first is too late, but. Who knows how long this thing's going to run for? I'm hoping that tomorrow there's an announcement that, and it's going to come from our fearless leader, the Prime Minister, saying, "Hey guys, April Fools! We started early." I hope <laughs> not. it's not going to happen. Maybe not. Sorry, maybe not. Uh, it, 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 I wish. Once, I wish. We on one hand we're we're looking at the the the, the death side of it, and then we got the guy south of the border who said that no problems, everybody's going to be able to go and travel by Easter. Yeah, what is it? Twenty five of the students at spring break that went down to Mexico together came back with COVID nineteen. Bunch of schmucks. Like yeah, okay, but you guys yeah. were young and stupid. You guys were young and stupid ones too. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that was before AIDS. Yeah, okay. Back then, you could take some penicillin and everything was fine. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's always going to be people. I went to, I was going to Shoppers Drug Mart on Sunday, and I pulled into the parking lot. And as I pulled into the parking lot, my sister called me from Winterpeg. And so I sat in the parking lot for 40 minutes talking to my sister. And during that time, 157 people went into Shoppers Drug Mart. Wow. Okay, so obviously they're not keeping. Yeah, not really. No. So, so, but I guess eventually we'll get it, maybe. Well, it's just, it just means that people are not taking this seriously. No, they well, are not. Some people are, some people aren't. It's uh, kind of uh, a mixed bag. I, I think more and more people are doing it, but it's still not everybody, and we need everybody. We need everybody. We need, we need absolutely need everybody. And, 
And, you know, if people look at us. So, so if somebody's over at your house that doesn't live in your house, then you're breaking the rules, right? That's kind of yep. what it is. That's not right? Now, I'll tell you what. We live in rural um, in the interior of British Columbia, just outside of Merritt. And my neighbor, who is a family or hubby and wife and two small kids, and we have, you know, six, eight, ten people here various times. Actually, I've kicked a couple of them for the pandemic thing. Um, they're totally isolated. We're totally isolated. We think going back and forth and, and, and social is acceptable because there's nothing that's going to affect them. There's nothing that's going to affect us. We don't leave the property unless we have to. And uh, we, we would only go. Do you guys see a problem with that? So you cut out there. So you are, you're not going and um, okay. socializing. Yeah. If to visit or they come over here, more than likely they come over here because I, I don't like going over to their place. But um, is do you think that that's breaking the rules? For me, in a place like that where it's a lot less populated, there's a lot fewer people out there and you're only really sticking to your two like properties and so on. I don't have as big a problem with it because I think that your uh, chance at transmitting it at, in that point is lower than say a neighborhood in like a, uh, uh, a town suburb of Vancouver, like a Burnaby Langley, even out in Abbotsford because you simply don't have the number of people uh, that you're interacting with on a daily basis that they do down here. One of us, each family, goes to town one day a week. Yeah, exactly. To buy groceries. And okay. that's what you're supposed to do. And yeah. and, and the rest of the time we, we stay on our property, okay, for the most part. I mean, I got 50,000 acres of crown land behind me. I don't necessarily stay on my property. But, you know, hey, we can go, go up there and it doesn't really matter. You'll never see another person. So I, I think we're, we've, we're, we're, we may be breaking the rule, but I think in spirit of it, we are still maintaining our, our social distance with everybody else. I don't see a problem. Anyhow, are you guys social di- – are you guys – living the, the isolation here. Mark? Oh, 100%. I'm already socially antisocial, so this is nothing new for me. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah for, yeah, for me, like, the only time I'm really ever leaving the house is the odd time I have to leave to do something for work. Like, there was one time I had to pick up keys or... Uh, a lot of times I'll leave my house if I'm doing work. I'm just doing like windshield inspections where I, I leave the house, but I never leave my car. I'm always in my car by myself. So other than that, I'm at home, not going anywhere, not visiting friends or family. So I'm just sticking, oh, staying the hell away from people, basically, because that's what they yeah. want you to do. So exactly, and I, I know Will goes to work every day, but he's the only one in the building. Yeah. Well, I'm not the only one in the building, but my shipper is locked in his shipping bay, and we communicate by telephone. How does that sound? 
Okay, so yeah, fifteen thousand square foot building, and there's two of you in yeah. there. I think you can keep some distance between you. They, they say yeah, six feet. They say three to six feet. You should stay away from people. I say I would say you're doing that. So. Yeah, yeah, and and we have we have to be honest with you. My patty is at home now, and uh, on the weekend, my neighbor Jan ha- came over on the weekend, but she's been by herself in her house for probably I'm going to say four weeks now and she okay. doesn't let anybody come over. So the three of us kind of, you know, we figure if worse comes to worse, we'll all die together. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I am, I have seen my three month old grandson once in three months and that's not easy to take, but I would rather stay at home and not, not jeopardize him. How does that sound? Well, exactly, exactly. So uh, we're fortunate. We I live with two out of my three grandchildren. So yeah, the other one I haven't seen in months. So yeah, it's what happens. And the nice thing, the nice thing is you can do FaceTime and all that kind of stuff, so you can see them. You know what I mean? Yeah, we we are FaceTiming it quite a cool. bit. Yeah, technology is cool. I mean, you know, my mother's 90 years old. Am I going to go down to the the, the Great Vancouver area to go visit my mother? No, I'm not a chance. I wouldn't want to no. risk getting her sick, and uh, I don't want to go down into that plague-infested cesspool anyhow. Right. Did I say I that agree. out loud? You did so. Damn it. Yeah, my mother didn't cut out then, eh? Shit. I do go to Safeway once a week, but you know, there's something about me where if I put a certain look on my face, people stay people away. All, people always yeah. keep eight feet away from me. Okay. So, yeah. you know. Okay. So that's training. Training camps are postponed. That's, that's a sad thing to say. We're going to bring it back to football every once in a while here. Okay. Cause we are talking about some scary shit, but, um, uh, John Bowman, Montreal Alouettes, uh, D Lyman, I believe, um, doesn't think the CFL can survive with much loss money. He's an idiot. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I just, I cannot get over the stupidity of some people who make bold ass claims with no nothing to justify and back them up. And then you got somebody else on there that you know makes a comment on this that says the three worst teams in the CFL are Montreal, BC and Toronto. They've been bleeding money for years. There's they're they're going to go bankrupt. I'm sorry, but Toronto is owned by the deepest set of pockets in Canada. Okay? Honestly, there's there's not a hope in hell that the Toronto Argonauts are going to be affected by this. There are is MLSE going to be happy about dishing out money? Is it Rogers and 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 Bell Media going to step up to the plate and kick out a little bit of cash for the Argos? Yeah, they're going to. I mean, I I think they'd be more hurting over kicking it out for the Raptors and the Leaves, but um, the Argos are in no jeopardy at all. He is giving away more money than it every year than what it costs, like to charities and stuff, than what it's going to cost to keep the BC lines afloat. That's not an issue at this point in time. And uh, who is it, Stiegel? Stiegel and Spear that bought the um, 
Montreal Alouettes, they have more money than God. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not, and and and, the, and Bob Young is another one. He he doesn't even have any. His money is is liquid. He sold all his businesses, and uh, and these people here that we're talking about right now have CFL to- teams as toys. They're not going to let anything affect the, their to- their play toy. And I don't mean to uh, belittle CFL teams or disrespect them in any way or shape or form or minimize their importance. It's very important to these people because they are prepared to lose millions of dollars year in, year out for decades. Okay? And I'll tell you, and everybody says, well, the Wetnalls, you know, they, they walked away because Montreal Alouettes lost $25 million in three years. No, they didn't. That's not why the Wetnalls left Montreal Alouettes. The reason why Alouettes were given back to the league is because Bob Sr. no longer controlled the purse strings and his kid has no passion for the league. If Bob still owned, had control of his enterprise, Wetnall, um, what, what he is, he was an investment banker, I believe. He still was running his company would have been absolutely safe. Okay? But you have to have a passion for this league or you won't spend billions on millions on it. Okay? But, you know, billionaires didn't get that by being stupid. No. But they are enjoying themselves and this is their, their little vice. We all have our little vices and the CFL for these guys is there. And you have to understand that, you know, so be it. I mean, I watched Barrett Jackson once, billionaire construction guy down from Arizona, spent what was it, twenty-two million dollars in one afternoon on cars. Twenty-two million dollars would be, you know, probably save. That the teams that you really have to be worried about in this, I think, one in the most delicate ground right now would be the Edmonton Eskimos. Um, the community-owned teams are the ones that are in the in the, the most at risk with a uh, prolonged shutdown of the CFL season, and simply because they don't have deep pockets. Uh, Saskatchewan is probably the least of them all because they could just say, well, okay, guys, we some help in here, go buy another T-shirt, and the entire province would mobilize and go buy a T-shirt, one T-shirt, and you save the team, right? Uh, that's not going to happen in, in most other districts. I don't think it happened in Manitoba. Uh, there was a special Grey Cup shirt because those idiots would go buy it. Um, but Edmonton, like I said, is probably the most at risk. They haven't uh, been performing well on the field. They haven't gone successfully. Their team has pretty much been gutted. Uh, they've always had fabulous upper management in Edmonton, but that upper management seems to be in BC right now. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that Edmonton Eskimos were the most at risk, that and the Ottawa rough, uh, Red Blacks. Red Blacks. Uh, I, think, I think the Red Blacks are a little bit – the fans are a little fickle. Ottawa's always proved that. And that um, I'm not sure that the owners of the Red Blacks have as deep of pockets as what most people think they do. And, 
Yeah, I'm not not so sure whether or not the Red Blacks are are as, uh, are as stable as anybody else. Um, I, I don't I don't fear for the Calgary Peters. I don't fear for Hamilton, BC, Toronto, Montreal. The three community teams are the ones that uh, are a little bit on, on the leery side of things for me because, like I said, they don't have really, really deep pockets. Uh, Winnipeg the Stadium has kind of depth their financial s- situation. And, yes, I know that the province forgiven or deferred most of the payments on the on the stadium. Plus their resources, their, their nest egg is gone. So you, I don't know if they have a will to go to, Mark. Yeah, let you let you answer this one. What do you think? Has Winnipeg I, got a nest egg to fall back on to suit them if they have no revenue coming in this year? I I was just trying to find it from last year's stuff. They do have two or three million in the bank. It's not enough. No, but here's the thing: who owns them? I don't know who does. It's a community-owned team. Does it mean the province? At the end of the, the day, at the end of the day, the province owns them. Yeah, the, the province is going to let them go under. Not a chance in hell. The no, community-owned teams not. in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan are going nowhere. I agree. Well, Saskatch- Edmonton is not owned by the government. Edmonton is owned no. by a few uh, uh, twenty, twenty-three, I believe, businesses. In yeah. Edmonton, and the economy and of Alberta is not government. awesome right now. Okay, yeah. Saskatchewan and Winnipeg is government. Okay, and right now, governments can write checks into the trillions. They already are. Uh, without so, question. That's why I said Edmonton is the one that scares me. The most. Yeah, Winnipeg and Saskatchewan tells it, like you said, with Saskatchewan's T-shirt sales from last year, they're good. Yeah. They'll come up they'll yeah. come up with a new jersey or a new line of towels or <clears throat> toilet paper and away they go. Yeah. So oh, if no, they put up toilet paper right now they'd make billions. <laughs> no kidding, that's like the new currency. So yeah, no if it was a couple of years, three years, it might get dicey, but it obviously isn't going to be. That's the I, thing with this. We may end up losing one year. It could happen. Yeah. But it's only going to be one year. I think the league is stronger than that right now. Yeah. If we lose the entire season, and that's still yeah. an F. Yeah. They can always play in empty stadiums. They're not even allowed to uh, have a group together of more than five people, so they can't even have training camp. Legally. Well, that's right now. That's right now. That's as yeah. of today. As you know, of today. Who knows come June, July, August. And, uh, and something like that could be like lifted with 24-hour notice. You, you don't yeah. have to. You can basically cancel it like that. Not not saying they would, but if it got to a point where they were able to cancel it, they would. That would not take a long time. But again, you, got, you still you still got to organize everything. Do you guys believe that we've down. seen the worst of this? Not yet. Not yet. I think we're probably no. two to three weeks from that. Yeah. Toronto is, there's no sports, no nothing until at least June 30th. You, you know what? That That's not correct, Mark. I, I thought no? so too, but if you read through the actual story, 
the very last line in the story says that the thing announced by the government today does not prohibit the playing of professional sports. It's the very last line of the article. Yeah, so they are looking at it. Yes. You know, that that opens it up to playing in empty stadiums. It's a matter of getting the Americans across the border. Yes, that's the big issue, is getting people here. Are are you talking about the CFL or are you talking about leagues? CFL. Well, any leagues, really. Yeah. So it's all in the same boat. We we can't have domestic air travel. That means that this would all have to be charter airplanes. Right. Everybody's going to be playing on a charter. Now, BC has done it. They've replicated that in the past, that every time BC traveled, they got a charter. Um, but a lot of the teams can't do that. It's not in their budget. Sure. Well, you know what? In a nine-game season, you're not going to have east-west games. It's going to be west-west, east-east. Well, not necessarily. I've heard a scenario where you play each team once in a nine-game season. I guess they could do that. That's what's going to happen. So you, you'll have half your games on the road, but they'll make. I guess this could be one in Mexico, eh? Yeah. What was what was Remember that? There was Mexico. Be, there was supposed to be the game in Mexico or wherever it was with uh, Saskatchewan and Toronto. That's not going to happen. I, yeah, I thought maybe. that was. I thought Saskatchewan and Toronto were supposed to be playing in Atlanta or Atlantic Canada. No, they were talking Mexico this year. Maybe that's uh, next year, not this year. Yeah, I it don't think that they were talking year. a game I think in that Mexico. Was next year. Okay, so uh, what, what's your thoughts? Do you think John Bowman's right? Do you think that the league is, is on unstable grounds because of this, that they can't afford to miss any games? I think he's an idiot, but... It's not uh, fully stable, but they've also got TSN's money. Yeah, I honestly think that the league could survive one year. If they had to miss one year... It would be tough on some teams, but ultimately I don't think it would kill the league or kill teams. That's just my thought. I don't know that for sure. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I'd cut out there. No, 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 you're still here. Your words are important. I'm just sitting here listening to them. Yeah, actually, no, that's I not think it true. Survive for one year. But, yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. I I don't think that, and I don't think this is going to last more than a year. No. This if this was if our season started like hockey in September, I think we've been fine. So. We'll see what happens. Um, no, I'm just uh, reading through Facebook here, and uh, uh, Rodney Howard Brown. Do you know who this guy is? I do not. He uh, owns, runs, is the pastor of a mega church in Florida. Is that the guy that got is, thrown in jail? He got thrown in jail. Oh, I gotta love it. Yeah. <laughs> because I he used to shut down his church. <laughs> Uh, 
God. I actually had somebody block me on Twitter over that story this morning. I thought it was funny as hell. Oh, wow. So be it. So be it. Uh, William, you're quiet over there in the corner. John Bowman doesn't think the CFL can survive. Well, I was I was searching through a bunch of stuff while you guys were talking. I'm curious to know. Apparently, John Bowman does have a degree, and I was just wondering what his degree was in, <laughs> but I have not been able to find that yet. Um. Yeah, the CFL will survive one year, two years, three years. They got CF or they got TSN money. Um, John Bowman, I think he might be bored, wanted to get some attention, and said they won't survive. Uh, mind you, he is probably more educated on the subject than we all are. So hey, I, I don't think I don't know. I'm not going to make a harsh comment like he's a football player. And obviously he's not planning for a second career after football because he's almost 40 years old and he's still playing football. Okay, most guys are done by the time they're 32, 33. So, but who knows? Who knows? Um, I, I'm sure the CFL will survive. I mean, all of the teams, in my mind, like Christopher said, all of the teams are strong with the exception of Edmonton. And nobody's going to let Edmonton go anywhere. So... I think what exactly. they should do if they if they do have a nine game schedule to cut down on expenses, I think all of the games should be played in Halifax. <laughs> wouldn't that be wouldn't that be brilliant? And then we'll see if there actually is interest in CFO football in Halifax. I think it's brilliant, man. We can put them all up in hotels there. They can spend the whole season in Halifax and see how it works. I come up with these masterful ideas all the time. And sometimes you're, 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 you're an absolute genius regardless of what some of your friends say. I, I know I am. I know I am. In, uh, a genius in my own mind, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to move on from John Bowman just because I can't can't relate to this. Okay, three of the four new head coaches have been head coaches before. Really? Okay, who yep. are the new head coaches? We've got a new head coach in Edmond, which is Scott Milanovic. Scott Milanovic. He's been a head coach before in Toronto. Uh, we've got um, Rick Campbell Rick in D.C., and he was a head coach in Ottawa before. And we've got a new head coach where? Ottawa, Paul Lapolice. Ottawa, Paul Lapolice. And he was a head coach prior in Winnipeg. Now, the only one that's and, not a former head coach is um, Toronto. The guy, um, Ryan Dinwiddie. Ryan Dinwiddie. Right, correct. Who do you think has a better chance of success right out of the gate? 
None of them. Because it doesn't look like we're having a season. So I don't think any of them are going to be really successful. Well, I think they meant once they start playing again, whenever that might be. (laughs) Well, okay. So who who do you think has the most most chance of success? Now, let's one at a time. You've got Ryan Dinwiddie, who is a inexperienced coordinator at best who is now a head coach of a god-awful team and they still don't have a quarterback. He's not doing so well. Okay? Um, We've got Paul Apolis, who didn't have a lot of success as a head coach ever. And uh, although that necess- not, wasn't necessarily his fault, I'm not blaming Paul Apolis for what happened in Winnipeg during his tenure. Um, but again, they've got a uh, raw rookie quarterback who didn't totally shine when he did was in the spotlight in Nick Arbuckle in Calgary, who was barely 500 football on on an extremely good team. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm a little hesitant on on saying him now. Scott Milanovic, who I think is one of the better coaches that we have seen in the in the last little while, um, who did actually win a Grey Cup with uh, Toronto, even though Toronto was a shit team. Uh, that you got to give him points for that. Is now in Edmonton, but he's in Edmonton, and it's a little. You know, Trevor Harris, Trevor, he, Trevor Harris, under Scott Milanovic. He's probably got a good coach now. And that would just be the thing that he needs to happen at Edmonton. And then we've got Ray Campbell, who we know is a very successful coach. Uh, he's been to the breakup three times in five years and uh, won it once. Uh and yeah, he he was on a bit of a stacked team, and we're not going to make excuses for Ottawa winning or or appearing in the Grey Cup that many times. But you got to give him some credit for what he actually did with a brand new team with no culture. And he's going into another place that's got no culture, BC Lions, but they've got a quarterback which kind of says more than what the other four other three teams have. So I'm. Biased? Of course I am. I'm putting my money on Rick Campbell in BC. Mark, you go ahead. Yeah, you're biased, but I would expect that. And I don't disagree with you. I think the one that's actually going to do the worst of the four, including Dinwiddie, will be Lapalise. He doesn't have the best offensive line in the CFL anymore. He doesn't have the best running back in the CFL anymore. He doesn't have a healthy Zach Kolaros and a psychotically crazy defense. No, he has no strong point in Ottawa. He has a team like he had, I don't think even as good as the 2011 team in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah, probably not. No, like because they They made it to the Grey Cup on merit. I mean, they actually earned their way to the Grey Cup. Yeah, they made it there on defense on the odd time that Buck was healthy. But, no, I just – I think with what was brought in at free agency and what they lost in free agency, 
they better find some hidden gems in the draft somewhere or the training camp because they lost a lot of talent. Dinwiddie, he is the wild doesn't, card. He doesn't have a much better situation in Toronto. But there isn't the pressure on him, as there will be on La Police and the other guys. I still, you know, BC's in the best shape for head coaching. Ottawa's in the worst shape, and then you put Toronto just ahead of Ottawa. But Toronto, who knows what to expect? You never know with that team what's going to happen. Nope. You but I am happy to see Scott Manovich back in the CL. The last time Toronto won the Grey Cup, I think we had all written them off in the preseason that they weren't going to win more than, I think, three or four football games. So who the hell knows? That's the great thing about the CFL, when it's played. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. What's up, William? You want to come in? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to agree with both of you guys. Obviously, uh, Campbell in BC has the best chance because I think he's got the strongest team behind him and he's got a quarterback. Um, I think, I really think Ottawa is going to be a train wreck this year. And Paul Lapolis and, and, and uh, Nick Garbuckle are not going to have a good time this year. Um Pretty sure you can say. I, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's going to be Campbell, Dinwiddie, um, Milanovic, and then La Police. Because I don't think Edmonton's got a real strong team this year either. So, and but we'll see. Because I mean, Milanovic is a quarterback guru, and I think Trevor Harris still can use some molding. And yeah, we're gonna see because, uh, and everything we say right now is absolute bullshit because we don't know what we're talking about, and who knows what's gonna happen. Oh but yeah, let me look, I, mean, I mean, Paul La Paul Lapolis can get the best running back in the CFL. He's just gotta phone Andrew and ask him who his drug dealer is. But uh, other than that, you know, I mean, I, I think he's. He's in tough because you. It takes years to build an offensive line. So, and I don't think Ottawa has lots of strong Canadians on the offensive line, and that's where you have to start it. So, go ahead. Can't argue with that one, Charles. Or is it? Yeah, Charles. Yeah. Uh... I'm going to have to pretty much make this a clean sweep because I'm going to say um, Rick Campbell has the best uh, chance to uh, uh, have success right off the bat. I honestly expect that uh, Edmonton's going to take a step back this year. Um, even with Scott Milanovic, I like Scott Milanovic, but um, I don't really like his team all that much. I don't think they're defensively they're very good still. Uh, Ottawa's going to be a disaster again this year. They have not done nearly enough to improve that team. They, they may have improved, but I think if they have, it's quite marginal. And it's not going to be something that's going to have a huge effect on where they finish in the standings. 
I don't think Toronto's going to be much better, to be honest. I'm not sold on Ryan Dinwiddie as a head coach. Uh, so I don't really... I think the two best options are the two guys in the West. And of those two guys, I would have to give it to Ryan Dinwiddie because quite... Or to Ryan Dinwiddie, little do I think. Rick, to Rick, Rick Campbell. Campbell. Because, first of all, anytime you're coaching a team with Mike Riley, you got a chance. And uh, second of all, I, I think the Lions have gotten better, especially on their defense. I do think their offensive line, while I don't think it's there yet, I think it has gotten better. So um, I think that, um, yeah, i got to go with Rick Campbell. I just think he's, uh, he's in the best position. Okay. So what did the experts have to say? Pardon me? What did the expert say in this article? We've just talked about our opinion. What, what did the article say? I just skimmed through it. i got to go back to it again. I'm just... Did anybody actually look at it? <laughs> We're just talking our, our own opinion well, here. Because written, that's this was who we written are. by Pat Steinberg of Monday Morning Quarterback. Yeah, okay. And, Don't we always just doesn't... talk our own opinion? Yep. But he doesn't we do. go through it. Yeah, yeah but you know, does, I, I want really, to. Yeah. Just to say, he doesn't really give an answer. He just kind of lays out the different uh, scenarios. He he doesn't really give an answer. In fact, the one thing he does say is that there is no perfect answer, which is kind of vague, but. He just It's basically a recap of where they've come from last head coaching to the next head coaching job. It's basically what the article's about. I mean, here's the case, okay? Three out of four have been previously head coached. Scott Milanovic was a head coach in Toronto, okay? And he left to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Is that correct? Yes. Was it an offensive coordinator, or was it like a quarterback no, coach? No, he was like, actually a quarterback coach. Quarterback, quarterback coach. coach. Yeah. Okay. So. And that's fine. To me, that's a step. That is definitely a promotion. Okay. Probably made a lot more money down there and uh, everything else. So, um, Rick Campbell was a head coach and became a coach. Paul Apolise was a head coach, and then he was nothing. And then he was on the TN panel, and then he was nothing. Then was uh, did he go to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as the coordinator? That was his first job back in coaching. Yielding to Mark. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So then he became an offensive coordinator, became successful in that, and now is being promoted up to the head coaching position again. Because uh, he, he didn't do so well in his first head coaching position, where Rick Campbell and Scott Milanovic were both very successful in their head coaching both positions. Won great and cups. Both won great cups, and both have moved on to bigger and better roles. Like, they have been promoted up into that. Uh, is going from a quarterback coach in the NFL to the Edmonton Eskimos head coach step backwards? step sideways. Well, if we think that going from Toronto head coach to the NFL is a step up, then it would have to be a step down coming back to 
Edmonton, but Edmonton's a much better team than Toronto. So it's, uh, you know, to toss up. I'm not going to be hypocritical here in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I don't think Scott, I have a lot of respect for the man. I think he's a wonderful coach. Um, I was very sad when he left the CFL. Um, I was very pleased when I heard he was coming back to the CFL. And I, I, for a small moment in time, I was disappointed he wasn't coming to BC. But then we got Rick Campbell. And then I'm all okay. So, I don't know. Uh, personally, I, I just think there's only two coaches in there that are – that have any chance of being in any process. Um, but again, it's the CFL. And we've said this over and over and over again. And we have said stupid shit that there's no way in hell Scott Milanovic has ever come back to the CFL. And what is he? Here he is in Edmonton. We've said that I, I have said this. I have said this. I said Mark Trestman's never coming back to the CFL. And yet Mark Trestman comes back to the CFL to Toronto. Um you know, it's over and over again. We've said that Chris Jones is never coming back to the CFL. And, well, you know, never say never in this league. It is the CFL. It will scare you. It will it will challenge you. And it will make you look stupid at when you least expect it. Love this league. Absolutely love it. Who's Donovan Bennett? Just thought I'd ask that. Will you should be able to He does the he does the waggle with uh, David Sanchez. I, I I understand that. I'm looking at a little poster here. It says the waggle podcast. As Donovan he was Bennett. drafted. He was in the CFL for a moment, I do believe. Because okay. I I don't recall the name anywhere. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Let's just random Q&A from this past week. I have the five takeaways from the commissioner. Um, we're exploring the schedule. Yeah, we really, we've gone over that. There's not much we can say about that. It's just one of those things. That we're just, it's a wait and see. Let's find out where this pandemic goes to. If it's BC is the only province in Canada that is actually flattening the curve right now. Everybody else is on escalation mode still. And uh, I'm not saying that because I'm in BC. I'm just, you know, this is the province that I thought it would be the worst because of the association that we have with uh, Asia, China in particular, and with our limp dick prime minister not shutting down international travel soon enough or at all. Um, did I say that about that? I'm not being political here at all. Um, yeah, I thought BC was going to get hit a lot harder than they did, but the people in BC have really stepped up to the concept of the social isolation, and for the most part, they're doing a good, damn good job of it. And uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen with the, uh, the start of the season. We do not know when that's going to happen, and... Uh, it's a, it's a wait and see mode. Now, what else is uh, Ambrose said? The draft day is still intact. Uh, it probably will not be the event that it normally is, where people actually go to the draft and get chosen, picked up, and scream and yell and go put a jersey on right away. Uh, it's all going to be done from people's homes. Uh, maybe there's going to be you ever cameras. Seen a CFL draft? No, it's pretty boring. It's awful. Say that they don't really see players jumping up and down there. 
I was no. going to say, do players actually go to the CFL draft? No, they they never, never they done don't. it like that. Nope. <laughs> they, they they do like half the time it's the commissioner in the TFN studio announcing the draft pick that they probably just gotten over the phone or by a check. There's no big guy walking up on stage getting the jersey and the hat. It's totally Come on. I like Come the on. year that Dunk it was better with the year that Dunk was uh, announcing the he, draft before yeah. the, the league was. That was he the was best. posting the picks on Twitter before it was announced while they were in commercial break. Now Everyone he got so much what shit. Was coming and there was oh, no suspense whatsoever. <laughs> I, I I actually I was I was having fun with that draft. Uh, I, I was running every minute of it off Twitter and posting it on Let's Talk CFL. That was a great draft. Uh, anyhow, so draft day is going to be ahead on April 30th, which is the you know just four weeks away, and we all know what happens after that. Uh, the global draft. Uh, was rescheduled and we don't know when that's going to happen when is that's going to be uh don't know don't know we don't have a date for that one yet um excuse me rule changes are we going to have any special rule changes we didn't really say too much about the rule changes although there's one that was kind of asked of the vp of officiating which was kind of interesting one um you know, when we have the uh, – we put an, an extra fish on, on the field just to quarterback when he's being vulnerable, and that really hasn't worked all that well. But let's just say that it, uh, that's what happened. Uh, that was the purpose of it. And uh, they want to know that what's the official doing on the field when there's a quarterback? And should this official be watching long snappers and kickers? in the special team mode uh, when special teams are on the field. Um, what's the what's the role of the extra official during that during a special teams play? Do you think that that, 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 that we should uh, be out there trying to protect our kickers and long snappers? I know what Will's answer is. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, that's the only rule that we really – it's not even a rule. It's just a suggestion. Uh, I, I like it when they post a, a whole pile of different rules before they get to go to the Board of Governors, and then we find out which ones get picked and everything else. But uh, maybe we'll see that this year. They, they have to do something to keep the fans engaged. Optimism for Halifax. How? Where? How? You would think this will probably end the Halifax talk. You think? At least for the foreseeable future. I don't see a government building giving up money to build a stadium right now. Not I after this. No. It, 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 there's no way. There's no way. I don't see it. This is going to be the death of the Halifax schooners. Or whatever their name well, is. But, it, but in reality, if they do the things they talk about, maybe we're going to end up playing in empty stadiums. They could actually start the season in Halifax this year. Because they really don't they need a stadium if it's going to be empty, right? All they need is a field, right? That is correct. 
So the, the, the field that they play on that has 2,000 seats is it's 2,000 too many seats, right? There you go. It could be a possibility. Who knows? Jeez, you're an asshole. Oh, I love it. It's a good, good, good outlook. Uh, okay, and uh, the last but not least, uh, we have one team getting a uniform this year, and that's going to be Calgary St. Peter's. They will have a new look this year. And uh, when are we going to get to see this preview of this uh, New Jersey from New Era? I don't know. We'll see what happens. See New Jersey designs in Calgary this year, and then roll out across the league in 2021. Oh, so everybody New Jersey in 2021. Fuck me. Do you think BC has changed their jersey enough in the last 10 years that we don't need to do it again? They've done it like five times or something like that. Ridiculous. Like that. Like, it's like every two years they've got a new uniform. It's getting ridiculous. Uh, granted, they should have gotten the gunmetal gray and stopped. Well, Just get rid of the creamsicle. That's all. The creamsicle's a bad jersey. I really like it. I have one. It's grown on me. It doesn't yeah. translate to TV, though. Maybe not, but I've got I only one see it on TV. I, I think it looks pretty sharp. The sad thing is, is I've got both of my jerseys from that era. Okay, the cream cold one and the uh, the black and orange one, or whatever it is. Um, I've lost my gunmetal gray. I can't find it since the move. I'm disappointed Uh-oh. in that. Yeah, and I can't, I can't buy another one. So, well, I'll I, have I know I don't need the bombers to buy any I know I don't need the bombers to get any more jerseys because I've already got nine of the various styles of uniforms they had. Other than that stupid one they everybody came out with a couple of years ago, and the bombers looked like the Argos. Oh, well, that God, was the yeah, third jersey. That helmet they had too. It, Nine teams. There was what one? There was definitely one. BC's got a gray, but there was one other jersey I think that was pretty good, and that was about it. I, I, I didn't mind the Stampeders. Their, their helmets were pretty hot. Was that black fade to red or red fade to black sort of? I remember that correctly. That was the best. That was pretty bloody amazing. I liked it. Yeah. They, they kind of look like Ottawa blacks, right? Anyhow. They did. No. Winnipeg's looking like Toronto. Calgary's looking like Ottawa. Why, why, why the stupidity? Anyhow, so what are these thoughts on any of these subjects that we just had? The schedule we've already talked about. Draft day, is, does anybody really care? No, we don't care about the draft. Well, a little bit, but much. Uh, rule changes. There's no real rule, rule changes for us to discuss, so that's not fair. Optimism for Halifax. Uh, nobody puts in any of that. And Calgary's getting a new uniform. Wow. I, I really wish we could have some discussion on this. Can, 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 can you find something to talk about, Charles? Um, exactly. You didn't say a lot. <laughs> 
We can bash Halifax more. I don't mind doing that. <laughs> I, I, this is just another nail on cough, but and and right now, somebody's used an air gun. There's a lot of nails. Uh, get out of this and we'll, we'll go laugh at Saskatchewan for a while. Um, but next up, we got the Toronto Sun says the CFL may look at some innovations from the XFL. Are there any that you would like to see? Now, I never watched an XFL game, so I'm really not going to have an opinion on this. I cannot believe that Vince McMahon could come up with an idea that we would find credible. Now, you know, they did it this- last time. Uh, the last time in the original XFL, they're the ones that came up with the sky cam, which was the floating cam that goes right over the, uh, basically yeah. the center of the field. Yeah. And even but, the NFL uses that now. And that was kind of their one major innovation from there. Okay. But that's not changing the rules. That innovation for the game? No, I don't. I don't think that's a game so well, much as... I, I, I think that is an innovation for the game. I mean, it's at least for the coverage of the game. I don't know if we're talking about solely the rules or not. I I think, you know, what what have, what's different about the XFL game that's not this time around, that's not the same as, as what we're used to, and it's their kickoffs, and it was... A bunch Have of different things. Have you seen things. the kickoffs? No. I like, you like it. Kickoffs, actually. I I'll like show it kickoffs. to you. I thought I it was quite interesting. Group. I do you believe it? Cool. Do you believe it's something that we? Mm. It's a player safety thing. I'm not sure if I like it or not. It's just weird. It's weird because you've never seen it before. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, After seeing I it a few times, I actually kind of liked it. I, I get do. Used to it. I, I actually really do like it a lot. Because you know what? If you think about it, they get players. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Charles. The players can't move until the ball is caught. caught. Is caught. So, to me, that sets it up for. You know, you can make some holes, and if a guy hits the hole right, he's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you rarely and actually see kickoff returns, touchdowns. Punt returns, right. yes, but kickoff returns very rarely. But this might actually open it up a little bit. Absolutely. Well, that, that's why the, uh, the Safeway and now Savon has the kick kick to win or win a million, right? If any kick is written for a touchdown, you win this TV, and if the second you win a million, because the odds of a kick or kick return being touched for a touchdown so so minimal, right? Because it's always the same setup. You're you're kicking for the same yardage. You're, 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 you everybody sets up for the same kick every time. We're on. No, you. You're more apt to get a punt return for a touchdown. You're actually more apt to get a, a, a field goal, missed field goal return for a touchdown, anything. Wrong players are on the field. I, I watched this uh, kickoff a couple of times. 
I don't know. I it, it's hard to get used to because, like Will said, we've never seen this before. We, we've never seen and, it and before, and I agree McMahon, with that. To come to Vince McMahon's defense, he has absolutely nothing to do with anything to do with no. the football. He is just there not. for the money. He's just yeah. money. His hands aren't in it like it was the first time around. Yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing or disputing that in any These guys that got these yeah. green uniforms, the V on helmet, they're, they're ugly. There's some interesting uniforms. There were some the bad uniforms in that. They, they yeah. were so ugly. That's, they, in all honesty, that, they're worse than winter uniforms. Okay, uh, I hate green. Green is the ugliest part. You know, I, even before I was a football, no, nah, probably not. But I never liked green as a color. Then you need to see Seattle's uniform. So I hate. I hate those. The only thing that should be green is trees that do not drop leaves. And grass that I don't have to cut. Okay, only two things are acceptable: be green. I cheer for the Seahawks, and I hate those green uniforms with a passion. I think they're, they're ridiculous. They're, they're terrible. They're, they're, aren't they have a blue and a teal type of uniform? The, the yeah, Seahawks they do. But this is their their third jersey, which is like a lime green, a bright lime green, head to toe, basically. And it looks ridiculous. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not there. Anyhow, that's uh, kind of what I'm. Uh... What you watch this more than anything, uh, anybody, or I don't know, maybe Charles did too. I, you I watched actually, a little bit. What did you take from that game that you thought was really good that the Steelers should adapt? Anything? Did you say Will? Yes. I said no. Oh. Oh, you said what? <laughs> what? You said Will? Yes, I said Will. Will. Okay. I'm going to ask you um, a question. You ready? Are you ready for this question? I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, you watch the XFLs. You're jumbled. You sound like you sound like a kid with with with. You sound like a stuttering kid. Anyways, yes, I watched the XFL. The only thing that I could take from the XFL is the kickoff. That's the only thing I'd want to adopt. Be honest with you. And uh, I don't know if I would adopt it. I'd love to. I'd love to try it in preseason and see how people like it, and take it from there. So. Just don't do the extra point thing. No. No, I wouldn't want that. But what do they? Oh, don't they do uh, from different? There's no kicking or converts. They start from the five or ten yard line in different points. Yeah, it's a one point convert starting from the two yard line, a two point convert from the five yard line, and a three point convert from the ten yard line. I'm not interested. This man shakes his head in disbelief. Honestly, that was a true face bomb, okay? Uh, Wow. The one thing, though, um, in terms of innovation, and this is not actually a rule, 
but more in like the presentation of the game, and it kind of has to do with the rules, is the one thing that they did on the XFL that I really liked is they actually had where you could hear the communication between the referees and the replay, bo- replay booth uh, when they were under video review. So you could actually hear them talking about the review and why they come came to their decision. I would actually love that for the CFL because there's been a few yes. sometimes where, quite frankly, the ruling on the field uh, by the the ruling by the um, replay officials made absolutely no no sense, and people are looking around at each other, not understanding what why they came to that, and maybe if we got to a point where we could actually hear that, uh, it might make more sense. I would pay money for that. That was one thing that I would love to see the CFL adopt. And pretty much any league that actually has Instagram, I'd like to see it in the NHL. Any league that has video review, I'd like to be able to hear that conversation. That was one of the things that the XFL did that I really, really liked. Um, okay, I'll go back to this convert here a second. I think kicking a convert for a single point is a waste of a play. And I know that the kicks are going to be yelling at me, and quite frankly, I don't give a shit. Um, it's just a gimme. It's a gimme point. Uh, yes, there are people who miss this, the, the convert, but very, very rare. And yeah, I know that they moved it back. Uh, it happens a little bit more often, but it shouldn't. You're a professional, you shouldn't be missing. Um, I, I think you should have a, a one point or, or, or two point convert and it should be a play. They should be a football play. I don't think kicking from the 15 yard line is a football play. Not. Not my idea. Um, so, yeah, could, could you do that from the 2 yard or the 3 yard and then from the 10? Or the 8 or the 12 and a half or what do you guys think? I like it. Yeah, the way one, one and two points. No, no three point. That's the three points is just stupid. You like it the way it is. You think that you should be able to kick for a single point, or go for two. Either one. Or go Hell, for two. You, Why don't you're you? You're in BC. How often do they go for a single point? Well, under Wall, it was uh, not very often. <laughs> and it's a 35-yard field goal now for the single point. Well, it's not from 35 yards. That's where the it's the a 35 yard point. kick when you count it going through the uprights. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. It's a no, 35 it's, yard it's 30, kick. It's 32. Oh, 32. Sorry. 30 because they place ball on the 25, and it's a seven yard drop back. So depending on conditions, that is a much more of a decision. Unless, of course, you're Winnipeg and you have Medlock. But it, they missed the convert last year more than other kickers. I don't, I don't think he missed about. one last year. I don't think he yeah, missed a convert. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's go over there and look. Uh, William, what's your thoughts on the convert, the kicking game here? I know you don't like kickers, so you have some wisdom here for us. 
William? Well, the way I look at it is the less kicking, the better. So, yeah. I, I, think sh- I think we should eliminate converts, kicking converts. Screw kicking converts. Let's, let's eliminate the kicker and put a Canadian quarterback in instead. And what's he going to do? He can't do any worse than the kickers do sometimes. Get on the sideline and watch. There you go. Like most kickers do, 90% of their job. They sit on the sidelines and watch. Like a kind of glorified, ugly cheerleader. Did Matt I say that? missed wow, one, pretty one convert last year, Mark. One. So he was only 99% accurate, Mark. Yeah, only 99.99%. Man, does he suck? Does no, he no, suck? no. It's only 45. It's only 98% accurate. Okay, sorry. Um, well, look at the Sean missed two. Uh, Liam Hyde missed two. Renee Paradise missed one. Uh, Lewis Ward missed two. Uh, Sergio Steve missed two. Medlock missed one. Uh, Brett Lather missed four. Uh, Boris Diangel missed two. And Tyler Carpinha missed one. Who had the most point after attempts? Uh, Winnipeg. They were the most touchdowns, so they would necessarily have the most point after, wouldn't you think so? And by a little bit. It's 46 attempts, and the closest, next closest was Montreal with 40. It's a little sizing. Then up to Edmonton, 35. Uh, Calgary, 31. Scatman was 31. Toronto was 24. C was 25. Ottawa was 11. <laughs> Good luck to you, my Paul Police. Yeah. Good luck to you, buddy. Sorry, Dave. Eleven. Did they really only score eleven touchdowns? Oh, that, oh sorry, but the, the, that they scored more touchdowns. They probably went for two point conversions more than anybody else. It's because most right. of the time they were down by 30 points and need to try to come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, 11 converts in an 18-game season? Good God. And, and you know what? The, the funny thing there, because if you look at um, – we're going to pick on Toronto for a second. Toronto, uh, 24 attempts by Ty Carpini, but Zachary Medios – Medeiros, whatever. Medeiros. He had another. He had another seven. So Toronto actually had thirty-one attempts, which is the same as Saskatchewan. Uh, no, Saskatchewan had eight more with Gabriel Ferrero. So they're thirty-one from Brett Lauder, and then Gabriel got another eight. So they're they're actually thirty-nine. It wasn't as quite as bad as what it looked. Um, BC's twenty-five was BC's twenty-five. No, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. BC had a shit season last year. 
Yeah. Well, and they never go for one point. And they never, yeah, they rarely go for one point. So, think five attempts wasn't bad. Um, field goal, on the other hand, had the best field goal percentage last year. It wasn't Medlock. No. Sergio Castillo, 91.1. Yeah. Right? Medlock was actually on 86, which was the same as Lewis Ward. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, Sean White, so I guess he was, uh, Boris Beattie was 88.6. So he was he was second. Medlock was in third, tied with third. And Haralahu. Rene Paradis was 82. Brett Lowther from Saskatchewan was 78. He's the only one that dropped below the 78 or at 80 mark. Everybody else was above 80. Even Tyler Kirkman was 81. There's your stats. There's your stats for the day. I I think I would do away, thanks, I could thanks for do away with thanks for spending seven minutes on kickers, okay? <laughs> Why you been so quiet? I I honestly I think I would take away the kicking and a convert. I, I have problems with that. If you want to take one thing out of the NFL and modify it, do that. I see the point in kicking a convert. Waste of a play. And it's certainly not a football play. There's no hitting in it. It, it. It's a waste of effort. Waste of effort. Okay. Uh, segment seven here. We uh, six, Segment six, sorry. Rod Peterson released his list of top ten suspension rough riders of all times with some very curious picks. I honestly shocked and amazed that there were ten scouting rough riders that would, would get onto this list. I guess there there's going to be ten top no matter how bad they are, right? Um, but what can you do? Where am I? There it is Rod. Here's Ron Lancaster, number one. Okay. Uh, George Reed. Gary Durant in third place. I honestly couldn't put Darian Durant on the list of top anything. Okay? this he, He's not a good quarterback. Never has been a good quarterback. His numbers do not show he's a good quarterback. I, I don't know how you could put him on this list, Rod. Really. Seriously, I, I, don't, I don't know. How could you put him on this list and not have um, – oh, God, I can't remember his name. Who's the quarterback that won him a, core, uh, a gray cup and then they fired him and and, and he went to Edmonton? That one, who, the, the, the writer of the gray cup? Carrie Joseph. Who? Carrie uh, Joseph. Right, yes. Carrie uh, Joseph was the quarterback that Darren Durant ever could dream of. Okay. Yeah, I'd have taken him uh, over. Uh, yeah. Ken Dustin in fourth position. Uh, Roger, Don Artis, Ray Elgard, Jerry 
Glenn Suter made the list and Dave Ridgway. Oh, come on. How? Uh, somebody, How is somebody Weston take Dressler not on here? How is What's Weston that? Dressler not on this list? No kidding. <sighs> That's a fair comment. That's a, it, it, it's a very fair comment. How Who's is he not on the Darian Durant is number three, and Weston Dressler is not on this list. Is Peterson still butthurt about Dressler coming and finishing his career in Winnipeg? If you if you are hang on, are these best rough riders when they play for the rough riders or best players that were rough riders? Because you can put Jerry Simon on this list. It's his top ten rough riders. If you are going to put Gary and Durant on this list, and I'm not saying you should. But he's got to be right at the very bottom. He's not number three. Right? I, I'm putting Ray Elgard way over Darian Durant. I'll put Bobby Jurison way over Darian Durant. Are you kidding me? I'd put Jovan Johnson in his time with Saskatchewan over Darian Durant. Of course. No Gene Mikowski, one of their top offensive linemen ever. Uh, you could put Brendan Labatt on there. Ricky Foley. There's any number of guys you can put on there. Ooh, ooh, Ricky Foley. Come on. I'm not All right. there. I'm surprised Rod didn't put Bowley by Mitchell on there, to be honest. <laughs> Was he a rider? Never. Rod liked him so much, I thought he'd put him on I'll the list. I'll put Corey Sheets on this list before I put Gary into rent. I agree. Bill Baker's the guy that should be on there, probably. Well, seriously, Corey. Okay, what about breakup for them? How about how about the two-time in a row sack leader in the CFL currently? Charles, Why not Charles Charleston Hughes. Hughes. Charleston Hughes is another good one. Over Darian Durant, and people bring up the fact, oh, he made it to the Grey Cup three times in four years. Well, big deal. He won once on a stacked team the other two times he lost and I think most people would agree that the majority, almost all three of those teams that went to the Grey Cup were carried by their defense they were not like an offensive juggernaut I don't know, there's complete omissions on this list that should be there ahead of Darian Durant. I'm not sure about Glenn Suter either. Uh, He was a pretty good safety. But, yeah... Again, is he on there? Is he on there because um, uh, he's also a um, defense or uh, um, what should we call it? Um, 
a known commentator. Was he a yeah. spectacular player? Probably not. But again, the writers have not had a lot of sustained, sustained success over their history. So they're kind of picking at the bottom of the barrel, to be honest. They don't have a lot of historically spectacular players. I was going to say, is Don Narcisse on that list? Yes. Yes, he is. Oh, is he? Okay. He's at seven or eight. Okay, I'd pick him number four or five over Darian Durant for sure. Mm-hmm. My third guy in third place would be Ray Elgard, to be honest. I had way ahead of Darian Durant. I mean, there are well, guys who was on one and put over. What? Who was one and two? One and two were Ron Lancaster and George Reed. Oh, okay. And those are probably the yeah. Hard to I think those would be the consensus one and two. No, and that's surprising from Don Narcisse, who is, or from Don Narcisse, from Rod Peterson, who's always been kind of the the big Saskatchewan homer over the years. But uh, I don't know what the whole Darian Durant that just doesn't make sense to me. He is God in Saskatchewan. They love him as much as they love I, I Lancaster and Reed. Yeah. I don't understand why. Because they went to the Grey Cup so many times with him. He didn't he yeah. also get a paycheck in Winnipeg one year, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> hey, without Darian Durant doing what he did, the Bombers don't get Adam Big Hill. I'm good with it. It worked out good in the end. Yeah, sure. We can live with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are right, anyone else got anything to say about this list? This is pretty, pretty much the list. Uh, yeah. This is Robbie's take on it. That's Rod. Let's see what he says. Okay, with the probability of a shorter season ahead, what is the minimum number of games a league could play? Eight. Eight is bare minimum. I think the bare minimum, yeah, that's eight games. That's one game against each team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go less. I I think that that is probably the most um, fair way of doing it um, because there's no Eastern sympathy there. There's no the Eastern Division doesn't get to play a bunch of dead. Everybody gets to play the same teams, right? Uh, I I would be more successful or. or Pathetic, should we say? I don't even think that's the right word. Going to a 16-game season or an 18 for the sole purpose of not having even teams um, padding their, their records by being losers. 
And yeah, I, I know I get so much for picking um, on Eastern teams, but they suck. Will the CFLPA be ready to go in nine, eight or nine games without a bye, though? Who said you had to go without a bye? Well, if you're going to keep the Grey Cup, if you start in September and you go eight or nine games, okay, okay, nine. let's just let's look at the CFL schedule, okay, because we can get it up here on on the CFL.ca, and here's the schedule. And Labor Day is when it's September first, right, give or take. You can't go on that schedule. Now I I understand that. I'm looking at September third, which is uh, no, that's Thursday. So Labor Day, week fourteen, and we had week twenty-one for the Grey Cup. That means there's seven, eight weeks of football. That's that's a that's a game a week for everybody. There's no buy there. And can you get the CFLPA to agree to that, though? Well, well, if we're only playing eight games, I think you probably could. You should be able to, but who knows? You know, you kind of got a pretty strong negotiating tool right now as to whether or not you get full paychecks. Yes. I honestly don't think the CFLPA is in any position to negotiate anything with what's going on right now. Nobody holds a hammer right now. I mean, right now the league could say all contracts are terminated. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody's a free agent next year or this year. Wouldn't that just Has mess anybody up read the this article? What's that? Has anybody read this three down article? Uh, I don't read three down articles anymore. It's it I just it, it, talking, it, hurt, it hurts my I think mind. it's Santino Feloso who has come up with a way to decide how you do the schedule. They have a draft for the games. So you would draft the games. Well, first up, the Red Blacks would get to choose an opponent and a location. That opponent would no longer be able to pick Ottawa on their schedule. Then the draft would continue with the the kicker being that the Bombers would have back-to-back picks to end the first and begin the second round. Uh, Is this just an idea that they're talking about, or is this this guy from Three Down Nation floating his own ideas? Yeah. It's the guy from Three Down Nation floating his own ideas. Okay, forget this. Screw that. The hell with that, then. Come on. What is that? Hang on, hang on. There's not open hell that anybody is going to do this. This, There's too much in the schedule that has to be done with um, stadiums, with uh, scheduling, with all sorts of things. You, you can't just pull numbers out of a hat and, and teams play this. The, the, the scheduling guy right now pulling his hair out. Well, no shit. <laughs> He's got to redo this, and he doesn't even know when he's he's going to start. I mean, he takes 
months to get the schedule out. <laughs> you know, he's working on that before Grey Cup. And now, what's he going to do? He's going to throw it all in the garbage and start over? Oh, man, I, I do not. I, I have no, nothing but admiration and sympathy for him. Yeah, no. Oh, that's just this is just fucking bullshit. And it, it's wrong. And Valentine that wrote this article. It wasn't Santio. No, but he's quoted further down. It was his idea. The draft. Well, it, it's really hard to. I don't know how 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 he actually became part of Three Down Nation. And you see, he, he's a he's a red blacks fan that lives in Brazil. That explains a lot. Three Down Nation is turning into such a tabloid site, anyways, with their with stuff like it's ridiculous. Charles. I get it. There's nothing to write about, but I know, but. When when wasn't Three Down Nation a tabloid type? I know you're right. It just I'm just asking a question. When? Uh, Never. They were always. I I like Justin Dunk. He he has got some really good contacts, but he is just losing so much credibility running this organization. I mean, the smartest thing Drew Edwards ever did was to get out. And he's actually started up another podcast. Yeah, go ahead. Ottawa would, would choose an opponent and a location. That opponent would no longer be able to pick Ottawa on their schedule. How stupid is that? Hmm. Okay, I have a question for you. You've this marker or whatever. How how is there a second round? I have no idea. I guess I think it's a 10-game season is what they're talking. I don't, with a couple of buys or something, I don't get it at all. Well, tell me every team's first pick isn't going to be Ottawa. (laughs) Why would you pick anyone else? Well, I I I understand what Ottawa at home. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, nobody would do that, okay? First off, Ottawa gets the pick because they were the worst, okay? So the Red yeah. Blacks would pick first, and then Toronto, and BC, Montreal, right? And then Edmonton, right? You with me so far? And uh, then where did they go from there? Help me out. 
Well, I mean, you I'd get to probably a- go to to Calgary. Yeah. Winnipeg, and then Saskatchewan. Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and then Hamilton. Right? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's right. That's how standings went. It had nothing to do with a Grey Cup victory. That's just the standings. So if Ottawa got to pick a team, okay, and then once Ottawa picks a team, that team can't pick Ottawa. Okay. So let's say Ottawa picked Toronto. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. I, I understand what's going on. Never mind. Never mind. I no, had a blonde moment. No a blonde moment for a second. It's, I, it's a ridiculous absolutely... idea. Yeah. I think once all the teams got it, everybody picked be the end of the season. But no, that's only one one week, so to speak. Okay. I don't know. What is it? Oh, it's 20 minutes. What are we going to talk about? There's nothing else to talk about on this list. Uh, condolences to any of former uh, Stamps running back Tim Petros, uh on his passing. Um, what do you remember about Tim there? Who? Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't a Stamps fan back then, but I did a little bit of research today. I and, thought you would. Uh, there, there is a place called Nick's Steakhouse. It's right across the street from McMahon Stadium and is owned by Nick Petros's father. Okay. Tim Petros's father. And it's still there, and he still runs it, and he still owns it. And I think, I do believe after Nick, after, what's his name, retired, he opened the catering business, and he was famous for his gourmet pizzas in Calgary that he used to sell to supermarkets. I do believe that's what he did. But he was a very well-liked guy. He was always in the community. He played for, he played for the Dinos. Um, back in the era of uh, Greg, I don't know if you guys ever remember Greg Vavra. Greg I think. Vavra. Yeah, he was a quarterback, quarterback for the Dinos. Calgary. Yeah, and so he was a Calgary boy his whole life, and uh, he played for the Stampeders, which I guess is a lot of Calgary boys' dreams. And he passed away at a little older than me and Christopher. I do believe he was born in 1961. So. That's just too young. Huh? That's just too young. Yes, it is. I agree. I agree. And I really didn't dig to see if he had any 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 health issues or anything like that, but obviously he must have had something wrong with him if he passed away. But it's too bad he was well liked in Calgary, like just in the community in general. So lots of people talking about you know they played football with him, they grew up with him, and so on and so forth. So. That's all I know about him, because I at the time he played, I was not a Stampeder fan. I was a Babama fan. 
Sorry. Okay. Okay, you going to share with us or what? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at a a thing that uh, a post that Rudy Rudy put up, and it says in the last three months, I bet we've seen everything bad in the last three months. April will be better. And then there's a picture of April, and in the, the skyline, there's the Death Star. Yep. And I went, oh, no, that's just that's not good. <laughs> this is very bad. Did anybody happen to see the um, bombers have partnered with Israel Adonage? I did not. On a comic book. Apparently he's done a bunch with the NFL. And now the bombers have partnered with them. An interesting idea. Uh, I can just see the people thinking up the Andrew Harris comic book ideas. Oh, uh, yeah, you think? Uh, I'm not going to go there, but I can certainly <laughs> see it coming. It's how about sort of 3D How about comics? the first issue, which would be Chris Trevler, Canadian icon? <laughs> no, he's not funny. He's a he's a legend in Canada. Legend in Canada. And his cape would be a fur coat, okay, and a cowboy hat. No shirt. And and and, and he'd have a he'd have a a man purse shaped like a a case of beer. <laughs> See if I can find it. They're kind of like 3D comics. And they take the players and turn them into some sort of superhero. And apparently he's doing it in the NFL first. Then we're the first team he's doing it with up here. It might be an idea for the kids. Yep. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I think more CFL teams should do stuff like this. Let's see if I can find it. Just on the, well, you're doing that, Mark. Just I'm just going to go back to Tim Petros just for a second here because I do remember the name uh, watching him play when he played the when the staffs played the Lions when I was growing up and he kind of was at in Calgary at a very unfortunate point because he was there playing right before they got really good right before the Wally Buono era um, in the mid to late 80s where the Stampeders did not have very good football teams and he retired just as Wally Buono came in and started uh, turning that team into a winner. So that's kind of unfortunate for him after uh, being uh, playing there for so long, but he was in a period that uh, was not successful on the field for the team. They Just after he left is when they um, started taking off. That kind of sucks, but it's reality. Yep. 
true. Okay, there's that story. The Mark, he just shared it. Is he? What's that? Yeah. It's a Chicago-based company that created the comic book line called The Protectors and has since grown the business into an association with the NFLPA and the creation of the Chicago Bears award-winning marketing campaign, Monsters of the Midway. Hmm. Athletes as superheroes. I, I personally, I think that that's a bit of a push. But um, it's, it, it's a, it's a, I saw this, and I, I kind of thought, that, yeah, you know what? They're kind of leaning toward they a different one, segment. They did it one year with the Blue Jays. Back when the Blue Jays won the World Series. Okay. I can't remember which comic franchise type thing it was. It might have been just like a couple of runs of comics and that was it. But just remember we have one at my family's cabin. It just popped into my head. So it has been done before. I think it's a great idea. It's something outside the box. Yeah, it's going to uh, appeal to a different demographics than what we have in the CFL. Yep. Uh, Quite a few years ago, Charles and myself were um, stupid enough to um, run Mm. for the board of directors of the BC Linebackers, which is their... um, which I'm was trying to was suppress spo- these memories. It was 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 supposed to be a uh, the BC Lions fan club, but it's not a fan club. It's a booster club, and yeah. the people that it could get past the concept that they were slaves to the team, as opposed to trying to do things for the fans. And Charles and I tried to um, turn it into something that it should be. Okay, and uh, we we served. And I'm I'm the first to admit that, and it was a very dark time for myself because I usually am quite victorious when I do things like this. And uh, one of the things that I tried to do in there was to create a kids fan club with the BC Lions, and it's it's quite simple. And uh, I talked to Jamie Terrace about it, and Jamie Terrace kind of just literally blew me away, blew me off, like just no. No, no, I'm not interested in your ideas. I'm doing this. And he he uh, ran with another concept on, on the kids fan club, and which, in my opinion, absolute bomb. Failed miserably. Charles, uh, do you concur on that? Uh, I would say so because I don't even think they do it anymore. No, they're not doing it anymore. It's just it failed. One of the things that I had suggested to do was to take – a player, okay, a player of the BC Lions, um, one a week, and have a coloring page and email it to every kid or parent, the kid's parent or whoever can receive the emails and print it out, and then the kid colors it 
and then they scan it and they send it back to the club and they have a coloring contest. And it's not necessarily who colors the best, but they draw one out and they get, you know, an Xbox or they get something for, for doing this or once a month they get a, a draw on Xbox. Anyhow, there's a way to get participation, to get the kids involved in it because the kids get to win something. They get, tri- uh, you know, discounts, get hats at the games. They do all sorts of different things. Um, because they, they they're bringing in their 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 coloring page and everything else. To me, that's getting kids involved in it and doing something about it, not necessarily going football, doing this, doing whatever else. And I think the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have just done the same sort of thing, uh, not necessarily in the same concept as what I did, where actual participation. But now the kids are looking at this as this is something cool. You're getting a young generation. You're going to get a, a millennial down below a millennial paying attention to this now getting, because it's kind of cool. They're also asking kids right now to write in either their favorite players or even story ideas. And the yeah. first story idea they want to do is who would they nominate as a hero with the COVID-19 stuff going on. So they're tying it into the to today, but they're going to like get that. kids interested. Yeah, it's a great idea. But but who who do you have in your town right now that is standing out? Is there anybody nope. out there that is doing anything about it? Um, some restaurants have stepped up, like some bars type thing, and instead of just selling their bar food as takeout or, or curb, curbside pickup, they're actually stocking groceries. Really? Yeah. And they're packaging, like it would be stuff for a family of two, a stuff for a family of four, whatever, and you buy it like that versus just having fast food and or restaurant food. Okay, so you you talk about a, a pub or a drinking establishment, something like that, is stepping up. How, the question was, what a Blue Bomber fan or player right now is stepping up that your team can, you, these kids can nominate? Is that 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 was what your question was, wasn't it? Yeah, it, along those lines, like it's they're looking for the kids to write in about their favorite bombers. Um, as for players stepping up. And in the community, none, not much really. That, well, that's what Some you said. Is is it yeah. tying it into this COVID nineteen thing right now? What bomber player would you nominate? One of the comments yeah. I saw on Twitter was a kid wrote in saying, "Well, I'll do nurses as superheroes." Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing. They're not looking specifically to make bombers heroes. But with what's going on with the COVID-19, to tie that into it, whether you think a care home worker should be a superhero, which you couldn't pay me to do that job, um, nurses, doctors, whatever, they're just you know giving kids ideas of what to do, and it, it'll help the kids too. Well, I, I understand that, and I, 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 I appreciate it. I just don't understand how it ties in with the football team. Because it's right now they're they've got pl- superhero bios on the players. 
Okay. The comic is going to be bomber players as heroes, superheroes. And then they'll have other stuff along with it, like what they're saving or who they're saving or whatever, I guess. I I understand the concept of it. I just um, I'm just lost on how it's fitting in with the bombers and COVID nineteen. The two of them together don't aren't 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 working for me. I don't know. Great idea. Great idea. I'd like to see them pull this one a little further. And uh, I can't can our teams do it as well. Well, if they've set up, if he's set up with the NFLPA, you would think the CFLPA would look at that too mm-hmm. for all the teams. This could be a great league-wide initiative, especially right now when there, as we know, there is no CFL news. Yep, they're trying something to keep themselves in the keep themselves in the news. They're, you know. In people's minds, they got to try something. Yeah. So, exactly. Why not? Got to keep the name out there. But unfortunately, we have a commissioner that can't doesn't even want to partner with anybody for a video game. Oh, I forgot they have their own video game. Does anybody still Sucks. play that? Does Did anybody that? still play it? That uh, the CFL yeah, frenzy no, or whatever. Uh, yeah, frenzy. I don't remember. I only played it like twice, <laughs> and then I lost interest. This is when all that kind of stuff is needed. Yep. Yeah, you gotta you gotta step up, and and I I like. Sorry, I, I know it's my idea and all, but I love the, the idea of emailing a, a, something to a kid or to a person every week. Yep. Keep them engaged. Have them waiting. For and I, the show's over. Oh, we lost Bill. Did you guys know that? Didn't no. even notice. I didn't have my phone with me. So. Oh. Just, the show's over. I went to look at the page, and, and Will had dropped but it doesn't say when. And he didn't he didn't yep. do anything. He didn't send a message saying that he was gone. Or he must have just left. Or he got bored and hung up. <laughs> got bored and left. I don't know. Okay, this is <laughs> Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 429. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we got to talk about some interesting things. It's amazing how much football we can still find, even though there's nothing happening. Uh, I'd like to thank my uh, cohorts, uh, Will. You're gone. Charles, say goodnight to the friends. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you about something. Anyways, uh, in about a week, seven days. Talk to you next Tuesday. Mark, step up. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. Guys, we made it through another one. That's amazing. You take care, buddy. All of you guys, everybody be safe. Self-isolation. Wash your hands. 20 seconds. Happy birthday to Christopher. Good night, everybody. Cheers.